All right, Steve. Well, this would be something at episode 12. I'd like to delve right into this bottle of 10-year-old Tawny Port. Oh, I am okay with that. Let's go. All right, so I got to say thank you very much. First off, to you're going to get a disease. It was very nice of Nick to have us. By us, I mean Something Gate, the original cast of Something Gate, which would be myself, Stephen Michael Barda, and Jeremy Brzezicki over to Cuvée Cellars for a little bit of a taster one night. And uh, it was very nice, very hospitable, and we drank ourselves some 10-year-old Tawny Port. And Steve has had the 10-year-old Tawny Port before. And Steve, what was your first impression of that drink? Uh, Amazing. I happen to agree with that. As soon as I was served this nice little glass of it, I tasted fine, fine hints and notes of plum, some whiskey, a little bit of deep berry flavor. It was amazing. So for episode 12, I figured I'd grab ourselves a bottle of 10-year-old Tawny Port and have ourselves a conversation. How's how's that sound, Steve? I am okay with every part of that decision. Not to mention, as we're recording, we are watching Game 3 of Milwaukee Brewers and Chicago White Sox. However, we may not disseminate the events that are happening on the TV for fear of the uh, Major League Baseball organization. We still may talk about different things, just can't disseminate that information. Um, sure. So, Steve, right now the uh, White Sox may be winning by a number to a lower number. And you know what I would call that? Steve, what does it take to to dominate in a baseball game? What's it called that? Uh, it's called TWTW, Jared. That was the original name of our podcast. That's what Steve and I got together, kind of talked about it. And we were kind of trying to figure out what we were going to do, wanted to join the network. Um, and then we got invited over to uh, Jonah's house to record with Nick and Jonah. And Steve couldn't make it, but myself and Jeremy could. And during that episode, wow, somebody's almost fell through my ceiling. Um, during that episode, we kind of talked a bit, and the entire something gate genesis happened. Mostly because Jared forgot the original title. <laughs> uh, uh, second thought, something gate's way better than TWTW. Come on, you know it is. You know it is. So, Steve, so you're sitting at home. I remember because the, the the episode went up. If you're going to get a disease, it was not probably. It was it was about an hour after the episode went up. Then I started getting hateful text messages from Steve. It wasn't hateful. It was absolutely hateful. Urgently reminding you of our previously established plans. That had already changed. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Sidekicks. What are you going to do? Just let them be sidekicks. Uh-huh. That's all you can do. If they die, replace them. So that kind of reminds me because we're in episode 12, which generally signals, you know, 12 weeks, 12 months, 12 really? kind of. Episode 12 signifies 12 episodes, huh? Yes. <laughs> but it kind of brought some, you know, thoughts to me. And one of them were, or was, is did you have an opinion on the whole original Tom Brady New England Patriots deflate gate? Uh, yes, I did have an opinion on that subject. 
And that's something we never got to hear. I mean, Jeremy and I kind of started off our show that we wanted Jeremy to be a big part of, and he has been, which has been great. But this is our show. And I love the fact that he shows up, and I think that tomorrow there's going to be a lot of people on the Vag Dialogues that are going to be posted up soon after. Uh, that'll be Friday. To be recording? Yeah, that's what Claire said. No, it's tomorrow. Well, tomorrow is going to be you and the Brzezikis. Right. Then oh, yeah. Friday no, yeah, yes, 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 round yes, yes, um, yes. Yeah, the roundtable is going to happen on Friday. And uh, so my question to you is, what was your... Now that we've seen the fallout of everything, what was your original opinion on the Philly Gate? Okay, so not being the foosball fan that most of my friends are, I damn can't. it, Bobby, <laughs> um, I really just thought it was kind of stupid. Um, to be honest with you, I couldn't like you're one of you're already one of the best teams in the league, and you need to cheat to win. So it like calls into question like your whole team strategy and your team integrity you know was it the whole team in on it was it just a few individuals at the end of the day i think there's greater concerns sure makes sense um if i can call you know tom brady a cheater i'm gonna call him a cheater are you not afraid are you not a fan of tom brady nope why not no just kind of bugs me why because he's he always just seems like such a tool. <laughs> I can't really? really put my finger on it. I just don't know what it is. Tom, it's, prob- it's you know what it probably is. It's is, the Yankees thing. Tom Brady is the man of the Yankees. Yeah, <laughs> he is, he's he's that guy. He's a he's a super alpha male, and I've I've always clashed with that. So I just can't do it. It makes complete sense to me, man. So, in. Again, I know you don't pay much attention to the foosball. Do you feel, based on the information you've been provided, that the punishment is adequate for what happened? Do you, have you, do you, are you familiar with the punishment? Yeah, I know they suspended him for like four games to start next season. Correct? Tom Brady has been suspended for four games. The management of the New England Patriots has been fined a million dollars. They have lost a first-round draft pick in 2016 and a fourth-round draft pick in 2017. For under-inflating football. Okay. And how much did what's-his-name get for beating his girlfriend? So that's been a major point. Like, I'm glad you brought that up. And I know you and I don't get into it. Like, here's the thing. Hold on. Please let me go off for a second. Is that you and I don't get into a sports conversation very much. Okay? I'm glad we were able to bring this up because I think this is a great, great point to bring up. Originally, Roger Goodell, who is the commissioner of the NFL, suspended Ray Rice for two games. After the first video where you see Ray Rice dragging his fiance out of the elevator. Then, after the public outcry, he suspended him indefinitely. So, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, I wanted to get that point out there. So, please continue. Okay. So, so Ray Rice is suspended indefinitely then. He has just been reinstated prior to Tom Brady's suspension. Okay. So, here's my thing. If you're going to have a punishment for a code of conduct, be it in a personal, in, in the lives of your, in the personal lives of your professional players, right, or on the field conduct, yeah, there has to be a set of, you know, 
punish there has to be a set punishment to government it it can't be like oh we're going to suspend you for two games well now the public doesn't like that decision so we're going to spend you indefinitely and now oh, it's kind of blown over so we're going to let you back in you know as if we're gonna, yeah. if we're going to relate it to baseball it's it's Pete Rose you're banned Goodbye. here's the difference i claire and i were talking the other night and she made probably in in my opinion a fantastically non-feminist, completely literal point. As Claire's are known to do. Yeah. She is very good at looking at a situation and coming at it from the most analytical angle you'll ever see. Now, in general arguments and great, fun, roundtable discussions, she'll lean her certain ways. But when it comes to actual conversation, she very, very, very much of the time is is on the side of sanity. And she said, look. It's a good place for your significant other to be. Right, especially dealing with me. (laughs) And she said to me, she goes, look, Tom Brady cheated. Period. End of discussion, he cheated, right? Mm -hmm. And you suspend a player for cheating. Let's say you go to work and you inflate your, let's say you go to work, not you, but in general, you go to work and you inflate your sales numbers and everything, right? In most companies, if you inflate your sales numbers and win an award, you're going to get fired, right? At the same time, you go to that same job and you have a problem with the law outside of work, are you necessarily going to lose your job? Depending on what I, I could speaking sure. strictly for myself, I understand depending on what happened to me. Yes, I absolutely could. But OK, so let's take it to the next level. OK, and let's dig a little deeper. If you if if your manager caught you sleeping at work, would you be fired? Possibly. OK. And if your manager found out that you were that you had to go to court to deal with some misdemeanor. Would you necessarily be fired? Uh, it depends on what that misdemeanor is. Okay. Uh, my particular company has very strict policies governing your behavior outside of work where it reflects on the company. Uh, and if it violated one of those, yes, I could absolutely be Okay, fired. so your company has a personal conduct policy. Absolutely. Outside of work time. Correct. Like Does every, that... everybody knows where I work. Uh, we'll just, for you know the vagueness sake, we'll just say it's a telecom company. If I got pulled over and ticketed for texting while driving, I would be fired instantly. Understandable. Now, so you got pulled over because you weren't wearing your seatbelt, would you be fired instantly? Uh, no. Okay, because of because of the nature of the business you do. Correct. Right, because you were supposed to be a steward of your business to the community, correct? Exactly. So, Ray Rice wasn't out punching footballs, he was out punching his girlfriend. True. The point that Claire made that I thought was a very good point is that Tom Brady... In the eyes of the NFL, violated an NFL during the game rule and tried to circumvent the investigation of that violation of the rule. At the same time, initially in the conversation, Ray Rice allegedly, quote, beat the shit out of his fiancée. However, that's outside of the NFL. That is him being an individual. Is it the right thing? Absolutely not. Is it ever okay? Absolutely not. But 
the NFL's job, the the job of the NFL commissioner is to is to maintain the integrity and the competitiveness of the game. So, in her opinion, the way that I understood what she was saying to me is that the fine and and penalty should be heavier for Tom Brady because he broke NFL rules in an NFL game. Correct or incorrect? Yeah, why don't you come here for a second? Because I, I don't want to misrepresent what you were saying. Just please come in for a sec. Ladies and gentlemen, wife to the sidekick. Right, exactly. <laughs> Mrs. McQuack. Mrs. McQuack, who joins in every episode, it seems. What? <laughs> I fucking hate you, Barbara. <laughs> Win the match next time. What I had said was the difference between Ray Rice and Tom Brady was Tom Brady did something wrong at his place of employment. That's what it was. Despite the morality clause, it was in direct regards to his job, where Ray Rice, yes, he violated the morality um, clause, but he didn't cheat at his job. That's where I think the line draws. And, like, you know, t- we were talking about ethics last week. Talk about job. I mean, just think of employment ethics. Ray Rice didn't really violate his actual job ethics. Yes, he violated the ethics code, but he didn't violate his job ethics. He violated his personal ones, and therefore it had an impact on his job, as opposed to Tom Brady who directly violated his actual position. Does that make sense? I agree. I, I mean, that, that was my only reason why his penalty was harsher. <clears throat> what the, in the entire point that I was making in the entire conversation is that, is that your argument to me makes logical sense. I can see, because I, I really I, like as a guy, I sit back and go when is it okay to hit a, hit a woman? Never. Never. So in my brain, I go, whatever Ray Rice got should be worse than what Tom Brady got. However, from the point of an employer, I kind of see what her point is. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it, but she makes a valid argument, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely get where she's coming from. Um, I do happen to disagree with her on this subject. That's okay. Um, I think when you're when you consider the... How I'm trying to think of the way to say it. When you consider how exposed these people are to the spotlight, sure, I think you absolutely have to expect a higher standard from them than you know separating the business and personal aspect right. of it. For what they get paid and for what they do, you're representing that team and the NFL twenty four seven. As shitty as it sounds, that is your life. That is what you chose to do. That's what you want to do. All of this, um, if I can go off into basketball for a second here, the LeBron, James, the LeBron James thing, you know, am I a role model? What should I do? And all that when he had his big thing. And it's just like, you know, uh, people shouldn't consider us role models. Well, then don't put yourself in the spotlight. If you want to play for the love of the game, join an independent league if that's right. your thing. Right. You want to make the bank, you got to go you got to take whatever else comes with it. Sure. So, you need to conduct yourself accordingly. I mean, if I can get fired for something that probably 90% of people do in text while driving, you don't get to hit your girlfriend. The end. What about if you're a host of a podcast and post a picture about a superhero bitch-slapping a sidekick 
Is that okay? I don't find that funny. Do you find that funny, Steve? Um, I don't think that it can actually be proven that that's a sidekick. You can't see his face. Um, there is also no actual indication of an attack because there's no uh, notable thock or any other type of indication of an impact. Uh, he could just be hot and might be fanning him. Okay, Ray Butter. I'm just saying. You're a bastard is what you are. You Well, you stop sucking at turbo cups. That's very true. So, Steve... You've been on vacation this week, correct or incorrect? I am on vacation currently, yes. What was one of the things you were thinking about doing this week I, that happened to be posted on something gate? Uh, something oh. about the water? <laughs> I wanted to go to uh, Laporte, Indiana, which is very close to uh, my uh, my lake house, and I wanted to search for this alligator that has seemingly appeared in Stone Lake. Oh, my God. Okay, so, you're, so you go out. You, you didn't go, but you, you got to run me through this. What is your What is in your freaking brain at this point one i gotta know this where do you get the boat uh well my um my family has always had a long history of water sports and uh <laughs> so my dad's got a ski boat my uncle has a ski boat uh my cousin has a fishing boat so uh, you so you have a boat available oh, yeah, too. okay so, so you could have gone in this lake and oh yes i could have i could have easily had access to that water okay so what prevented you from going, man? Why didn't you go? Because um, it seems like right up your alley to go look for this gator, even to go, I found a gator! Um, I like to sleep. And that I, is understandable. I've done a lot of that so far this vacation. Um, and then I was also, uh, I wanted to go to uh, up to Milwaukee for the Sox games, but that didn't pan out. And then I had a little bit of a miscommunication among some work that needed to be done on my car, so that killed the day. <laughs> uh, and then I have uh, bah, bah, bah. I have plans tomorrow, and I have plans Friday. I might make it out there Saturday. I can, I can still no go. Fucking way you're going. I can still go gator hunting. You I can ain't absolutely going. get out there. Yes, you I could. Not f- going. Don't even lie. Oh, I won't. I'll do it now just to prove you wrong. No, you won't. Yes, <laughs> no, you won't. You want to? You really want to bet this with me? I do. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Steve, what are you thinking about the uh, – so we, we talked a couple episodes ago back when the season I mean, got – I mean, how can I not go look for this? An alli- a wild alligator in northeast Indiana. One, it's in Indiana. There yeah. you go. See, because so even, even gators hate Florida. Everybody hates Florida. <laughs> not as much as you, but That's I mean, true. how awesome would that be? I'd be, all, dude. I'm not like fucking something gate exclusive. You get interview alligator. Hey, I get everything. Well, I could just think of like I could just see myself, uh, you know, taking a selfie out there and be like, oh, didn't see the alligator, and he's like out of log behind me. Exactly. So, oh, this port is delicious. Isn't it so good? You would like some more? Yes. Now, here you go. That's a this, stupid question. This port ain't going to make it through the night. <laughs> sure well, there goes, the, there goes oh, the gap. God, the, the, the cork's gone, so now we have to All finish right. it. So, Christy was nice enough to respond to our conversation last week. Not last week, but the week before about uh, Mark Ruffalo and that entire situation. And Christy said on May 5th, um, on the Ruffalo subject, Claire is correct. Hollywood women have been pushing for questions that are asked of their male co-stars and not just how do you balance family and about makeup or fashion. Some males in support of the women have been asking to be asked the female questions. 
I don't know if Mark Ruffalo is one of those guys. So it seems like she kind of wanted to like bring the whole, why did that whole conversation happen up? And I think that's a great question. However, my initial response is this. I be- personally, and I've said this a lot on other episodes, it's one of my key phrases, I believe it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. He was asked questions. He responded to the questions. It doesn't matter why those questions were asked, yeah, in ju- my opinion. Yeah, judging by his reaction on the video, I don't think he was expecting it. Um, I can't say for sure. It could have been staged. Sure. Um, He's an actor. It's not like he doesn't know how yeah, to play off a thing. I, yeah, but uh, it's irrelevant. Exactly. It doesn't matter. The f- he could have he could have walked into this interview and goes, look, this interview goes one way. You either ask me these questions or not, and you can't record this part of what I'm just telling you. But I like the idea that this is being discussed because there is it an inequality? I don't believe so. I think it's a double standard. I, I believe it's a gender it's, bias. Yeah, it's it's, like, it's not it's not you know, inequality. No, it's a gender bias, is what it is. Yeah, no one's gonna, no one cares what kind of. Well, very few people care what kind of suit or a tux a guy is gonna wear. To Everybody a cares what you wear to a wedding because you are always pimped out to the nines, homie. Well, I, I clean up. Good. You're the guy that goes. Time to suit up every That's, time, like hey, you're fucking Iron Man. Hey, okay, you know what? That, well, you know what? You look is, good every time. That is yet to be proven, and uh, it's one thing to question the official story, and another thing to make wild accusations or insinuate that I'm a superhero. Moving on. <laughs> Sorry, I could. It's one of my favorite quotes from the MCU, so I just I couldn't resist. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> So let me ask you this. You posted a thing in regarding six reasons why a modern movie CGI looks surprisingly crappy. Yes, I did. Do you agree with it? Um, I do, actually. They, they make some really excellent oh, points. Can, can I interject for one second? Uh, we have to talk about Starry Eyes. I watched it. Oh, isn't it awesome? Okay. Pause. Okay. We will talk about that after this. <laughs> we got to talk about that after this, though. Squirrel! Okay. Sorry. No. <laughs> As is tradition. That's why this shit works. I'm sorry. Okay, so so I did not read the entire article, but mm-hmm. I would like to touch on, obviously, the six things. I think that's what makes this fun is we talk about just the topics. You don't want to read too much into it, get other people to like form your opinions of what you think. Yeah. Oh, come like- on. Come on, get it. All right, nice catch here. <laughs> yeah, it's probably bad it's that we're watching the Sox game while we're recording. This is amazing. You shut up. So... So initially, when you read the entire article, did you agree with all six points? Um, basically, yeah. I want to go out and say that there's two types of bad CGI. Okay, there's, talk to me. There's bad CGI, like Sci-Fi Channel bad CGI, like Shark, oh, Sharknado yeah. and Dragonheart 2 and, you know, things where it's and just like... Dungeons and Dragons 6. Yeah, where it's just, you know, it's very obvious that the CG is not there, and it's just because of poor production quality and, you know... um. Lack of budget, basically. Okay. So it's it's poor CGI due to the fact that there's not the resources to do it correctly. Right, yeah. Um, other, you know, instances of this include um, kind of, you know, the, the re-releases of the Star Wars films where they added so much to it and it was glaringly obvious that it was a different cut of the film. Um, in A New Hope, when they're going into... Um, most Eisley for the first time. You can absolutely tell the CGI 
from the original footage, and it just oh, no it doubt. looks it looks bad from the standpoint that it's so unnatural for what you're used to seeing in that film. The second thing they're talking about is good CGI done terribly wrong, and they have you know Legolas going down the trunk of this. Um, Oilafont, I believe they were called at the uh, conclusion of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, um, where the CGI in there is quote unquote picture perfect. It's it's exposed correctly. It's composed correctly, but the audience doesn't have a frame of reference for a giant mammoth falling down and a guy surfing along his trunk. So it looks cheesy in that regard and therefore takes away from your uh, suspension of disbelief. Sure. No, I, I'm with you on that. Um, what I what I found the reason I posted the article was uh, item number five that they listed here, which is color grading. Which I am so against this point. I I I agree with it. I think it does I, make I think it it's bullshit. I think it's a bullshit answer. Well, coming from a photography background, I, I absolutely can see where they're coming from with everything being hyper stylized that way. Right, but it. I, no, I hear what you're saying. Like, the point is relevant. However, I'm a consumer. I'm not a producer. I'm not a photographer. I'm not a director of cinematography. Okay? Anyway, I just completely disagree. I'm not a photographer. I, I'm, I'm looking at it from the eye of a consumer. What I want to see is good-looking movies. I don't care if you shot them on TV. I don't care if you shot them on fucking green screens. I don't care if you shot them wherever. Show me something pretty, and these look pretty. Okay. I'm a consumer, too, and I want them to look real. Yeah. It's CGI. It's not going to be real. It's never going to be real enough for your eye. The CGI can be not real, but the rest of the background plating and everything else, the color grading effects, should be. The reason I love Jurassic Park so much is because they took dinosaurs, which don't exist, and they put them in the real world. With all the haze and the glare that I would feel and see if I was there. But what you're saying is it's showing the before and the after, right? The before on the left is what it looks like before they edit it, right? No, before the in the in as far as the article is concerned, before is their finished product, and after is what this guy did. So if you're looking at the Gallimimus scene from the Jurassic World and Jurassic Park, okay, yeah, okay, on the left of the top, which is the Jurassic World, so that's the new movie. That's how they have it set up in their final release, and on the right is taking away the color grading. On Jurassic Park below it is... All right. No, you're right. I I agree it looks better on the right. And that was my argument. Like I said, I didn't read it. So I guess the fact that I didn't read it just goes to prove that I agree with Steve and Michael Barda. You heard it here first, folks. Speedy agreed with Batman. Um, Speedy's not Batman. Never mind. Whatever. So, number four, CGI was originally used as a last resort. Yeah, whatever it was, but it's now part of everyday life. Yeah, and I, I really I really miss practical, practical effects. That's why I think that the new Star Wars is going to be awesome, because they've already shown that they can do Muppets and they can do robots. Yeah, and I love the fact, you know, that's one of the, one of the things that I love about the, the first Underworld movies was all the practical effects as opposed to CGI. Yeah. 
So number number three, most films forget that a camera needs to physically exist. The uh, first thing that I see on this is the CGI for uh, Expendables 3, I believe. Uh, A-Team. Oh, A-Team. Okay. Yeah, who cares? It's the fucking A-Team. <laughs> Suck a dick. Nobody cares. I love that part of the article where it says, I'm pretty sure the A-Team was just a prank for Liam Neeson's birthday. Right? <laughs> So what was the big okay so I saw the main thing this led off with was a splash screen of the big giant new dinosaur that they created for Mosasaur. Yeah, whatever. Big giant shark to soar. Uh, or, or Mosasaur. Whatever. So what what's the beef on this? Oh no, that was just the screenshot that they Oh, used I thought because... they were just like bitching about it. No, they I mean they used that to draw people into the article because there's a lot of obviously with Jurassic World right around the corner, they're comparing its CGI effects that they have there's about 100 times more CGI effects available to movie makers now than there were when Jurassic Park heralded the technology in back in 1993 with uh, Terminator 2 being the uh, precursor to the effects in Jurassic Park. Yeah, that was great. Um, Dude, don't correct me wrong. Watching T2 the first time. The whole T two thousand thing oh was God, bananas. The, yeah, the it was the, crazy. Yeah, the T one thousand was was insane. Was it T two thousand at the time? T one thousand was it? All right. Yeah, which um, was spawned from uh, the abyss and the yeah, water from, tendril yep. that was in there, yep. which was spawned by Young Indiana Jones Chronicles and the stained glass window monster. So Steven Spielberg pretty much single handedly uh, brought CGI into the movie. Uh, into the movie world, and we thank him for it. And I think they were just using screenshots from mainly Jurassic World and Jurassic Park to prove their points. Yeah. Um, the entire Arnold thing, I have no comment on that because I think the original Arnold looks stupid in the Terminator series. They tried. They rubberized oh, his, it. Uh, his rubber. All oh, the this yeah. the Stan Winston Studios mock up. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, old old campy stuff like that is is part of the charm of those old of those old movies. I'll still watch Terminator and Aliens on VHS if I have the chance because oh the, yeah, the dude, come like on, just, Aliens on oh, VHS is the best. Man. I mean. That's like that's like listening to our parents talk about eight tracks and, and shit. That's it. Records you you stuff, could yeah. you could say to either of us, "Hey, do you want to watch Aliens on Blu-ray or VHS?" You and I both would say VHS. VHS yeah, let, let me let me get some of that scratchy ass. Turn down the lights, get some popcorn rolling. I would be right back how I was like eight nine years old, exactly. and it would be so amazing. Yep. Don't get me wrong, Blu-ray looks badass, and I would love to show my kids that. However, <laughs> however. <laughs> quite yet the vhs thing just it brings you back to a place yeah. it's not the quality of what it is to make it better mm-hmm. it's where it brings i think you. it's a sense of nostalgia at, exactly at point. exactly so number one of one of their issues is that big effect sequences are supposed to be treated with awe and one of my favorite big things that ever happened in movies is their leading thing so it shows a T-Rex at the end of Jurassic Park with the dinosaurs ruled the world banner falling down, which is a complete CG scene that made me lose my mind when I was a kid. Not 100% CGI. The, the skeletons there were real, and they had to knock those away and everything. But right. Yeah, the Rex and the Raptors and the banner were, weren't there. Right, which was, to me, just uh, awesome. Amazing, yeah. <laughs> one, of, uh, one of my mom's favorite scenes in the movie. Ah, moment of silence. She will be missed. Come on.
Always. Yep. So I got to ask you, did you like the new Godzilla? I'm looking at the like I'm looking at some of these movies and it just kind of makes me want to bring up a couple points. Did you did you like the newer Godzilla? I did. Um, I thought it was an excellent uh, a take on it. Um, you know the the original you know Gojira, which was renamed Godzilla, uh, right. you know, When it was released in the United States, one of my favorite movies of all time. Really? Oh yeah, I love old movies. Never seen I it. Love old movies. I may seen pieces, but course. I've never seen it. Yeah. But, you know, as, as Godzilla got more popular and it was, you know, man in the rubber suit fighting other monsters and stuff like that, I, I fell off. So I might be one of the few peoples who doesn't completely hate the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. Hilarious though it may be. It, dude, but at the same time, it was it's, fun. Oh, it yeah. wasn't good. I will never say it was good. I can't. I can't let that hoity-toity, you know, <laughs> finger up to the world say that to me. Say that about me. But, dude, uh, I, I loved what Robot Chicken did with it, yes. I, where, where the raptors are on skates. It was mm-hmm. hilarious. But it was on the other day. Guess what I did? Watched it. I sure did. Yeah, it's I, it's one of those bad movies that I'm going to exactly. watch. Exactly. It's, it's right there next to Starship Troopers and Lake Placid. No, it's not. No. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a subcategory. It's on the same shelf. Starship Troopers is the penultimate of that. <laughs> so I see Godzilla, King of, the, King of the Monsters. That's a great one. What's your opinion of the entire uh, newer Transformers trilogy? Um, I liked the first one a lot. Loved the first one, as as a matter of fact. I thought it was great. Uh, the second one, I did not like. Really? Uh, most, yeah, most of it I couldn't even really stand. Revenge of the Fallen, right? Correct. I thought it was. I thought I thought they went crazy on Campy, like like when he had when he had the Destructicons go like with the balls and everything. I was just yeah, like, why, like, why? Like, yeah, it makes I mean, no sense. I mean, the Constructicons and I love the idea. I was like, yeah, I was like, oh my yeah. god, I get a five part come on. Yeah, yeah. What was what was his what? name? Devastator that they yeah, all Devastator. combined to form. Yeah. Like I was like. Like, that took me back. Like, when I heard that they were going to do that, yes. I immediately busted out the Season 1 box set. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to do right. the Destructive Gods. And then, you know, when I saw them, you know, pull up and their hood ornaments are all the Decepticon logos and everything like that, it's it's very much like the argument that we have with Amazing Spider-Man 2. They were so focused on what they could do that they didn't, do it right exactly and you know it was all just lip service i agree and with you dropping yep. to that point and oh look we thing, gave you a five-part monster exactly. oh look we made you decepticons and, oh look you know we what? made you a rastafarian and, car and now and you know why is because target had a version that they could sell and toys r us had a version that they could sell and i didn't like that and then they ruined one of my favorite characters Ooh, which one starscream Oh, yeah. Because, you know, Starscream was always into the subterfuge. He was always looking to take over the Decepticons, but he was never a coward. And they made him a total coward. In that. They did. They did. And I, I can't forgive them for that. And then three, I thought was... Fast in the Transformius? I thought they moved back into the... <laughs> I thought they moved back into the right direction. They shifted way more towards one than two. Exactly. Uh, but um, I still... I, oh, I, no, I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking about four. The Fast and Transformius is four. Yeah. I'm sorry. Three... I thought was I thought was okay. That was Dark Side of the Moon, right? Yeah, correct. I mean, Dark Dark of the, of the Moon. moon. <laughs> okay, <laughs> whatever. Um, That's one that had Spock in it, right? Yes, yeah. as um, as the other Prime or right. former leader of the Autobots. I thought it was better than two. I still don't think it was as good as one. So the major question comes to this: What did you think of the Dinobots? I have not seen four. <gasps> 
Ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Michael Barda, the biggest dinosaur man that I have ever met in my life. Honestly. The biggest probably I would be willing to bet. Dinobot fan has now watched this movie probably because he does not want his childhood to be raped. Uh, probably because he doesn't have three and a half hours to devote. <laughs> my uh, Zach and my little nephew has tried to get me to watch it like four times. I'm just like, I can't. Guess what yeah, you're going to do like, after this episode. Probably have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I as love soon, it. As soon as you watch the next three episodes of Arrow. Okay, I promise you I will watch the next three episodes of Arrow after you watch that. Um, no, I'm not letting that happen again. <laughs> <laughs> I lie all the time. It's true. So that's, I mean, that's a, that's a. Now, if you want, if you want a true Dinobot experience, and this is without me having seen Transformers Four, you have to play Transformers uh, War for Cybertron. I have heard nothing but excellent, excellent reviews about that game. Both, both that game, Fall, uh, Fall of Cybertron, and War for Cybertron. I've heard nothing but excellent they stuff about those games. They are amazing Transformers experiences. Like every I, person I've talked to that has played it said I, it was just you, you just, like you put it in, you play it, and you just have yeah. Fun. Like no, no, no lie, Jared. I played as Optimus Prime on one level, and I like turbo boosted over this bridge as a truck, transformed into a robot in midair, shot three guys. Transform back into a truck to land and keep driving because there's a time limit on the mission. That's amazing. And I was like, like, that is my Transformers experience because you got to do the things that you would, when you were a kid, you dreamed of being able to do as a Transformer without the, you know, motion blur and cameras flying all over the place, much like the article referenced, where the camera has no built in reference point, so it's flying all over the place and you have no idea what's going on. Mm hmm. But uh, I did, uh, I did really, really, really love Transformers One. Uh, the the voiceover effect, the opening sequence, um, the soundtrack I thought was particularly good. Do you know what I liked most about Four? Honestly, the Dinobots. No, I'm not a big Dinobots fan. Dinobots. No. Mark Wahlberg. No, I, lo- I love me some Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I felt that Four was the closest to One. Okay. Not. It's not the same. There's something special about that movie, about about tra- the first time they told us as a generation, guess what? Guess what we did? Guess what we did? And, yeah, it looks that good. Okay. And it was, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the first time freaking Optimus Prime Transforms. Oh, and when they were, I, I still, come on. Like, I still go all squee when they're driving th- up through the alley and you got Optimus and you got Jazz. Yeah, and, dude. And, and I'm saying that I like Transformers 1 when they when the only Autobot that died was the Pontiac. Bop, 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 bop. And we can bring Megatron back to bop, life. Bop. But no, the Pontiac is no, dead. No, Pontiac's got to die, just like its product line. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So... I was going to ask you another question, and it slipped my mind because I was looking at this article about Florida. <laughs> and oh, that's what I was going to ask you. I've been wanting to document your reaction to this. Oh Jesus! Why do you hate every single fucking movie in the series and everything besides Pitch Black? Oh, the Riddick stuff. Yeah, I just don't think they were as good. Um, Pitch Black is one of my favorite. Pitch Black was the first DVD I owned. 
I understand. Like, that. it's one of my favorite sci-fi movies, mainly from its character development standpoint. Sure. Um, I understand I, that. I don't think Chronicles of Riddick lived up to that. God, see, in, in my, in, see, and in my opinion, I love, so let me interject real quick. Pitch Black was amazing. Love Pitch Black. Loved Riddick. I loved it. Chronicles of Riddick was my favorite of the entire set. I loved Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah, I just, I can't get into the whole, like, I loved Pitch Black because it was such a, it was a contained, small story. It was this group of travelers. It was like a short story movie. It, basically, um, it, it was this group of travelers and characters that were all together, and shit happened. It right. wasn't the giant whole universe at stake with an invading army of soul-reaping bad guys who were bad guys, so we need the baddest bad guy to come fight them, and... You know, to fight do the that. bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> not, that's, that's not the kind of movie that I like. And the fact that they took this one character from an ensemble and made him the centerpiece of this thing. Universe. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get that. And then they had his whole crazy backstory, like he's okay, a separate so, species. So, 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 cool. let me, so let me uh, interject real quick. You're, you're a video gamer like I am. Have you played any of the Riddick games? No. Okay. I think one of the reasons that I loved Chronicles of Riddick, because <clears throat> I played Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay. Nick, My buddy Nick and I had this game before it launched and played it and then bought it at launch. Okay. It was like, it was back before like demos were like really, really big and letting you play the whole game. But he and I played that game, passing the controller back and forth. So I think I have an inordinate amount, an inordinate amount of love for Chronicles of Riddick because of what I got out of the game and the, the attachment I got to the Riddick character, and the cutscenes, the extra stuff that I learned from that game, made me just go, "Wow, this character is awesome." He's a horrible person. He's the next best thing to a freaking serial murderer. He is a serial killer. He made no bones about that in Pitch Black. Right. Which is why it's so intriguing to me. I like. I just can't believe... Like, the, the point that you make about it being... I see what you're saying about it being a short story, like, it good just, movie. It seemed like such a different type of movie for Absolutely that same was. character to be in. You and went, you went from short story turn, to Star Wars. Yeah, and that was a huge turnoff for me. And I, I didn't see Riddick, mostly because I it's it felt like a reboot to me. And I, just, I didn't want to do that, because I still love, you know, Rhoda Mitchell and Cole Hauser and that whole cast. And, you and didn't film. watch Riddick? No. Why do I want to see Dave Bautista in anything but Guardians of the Galaxy? Why? You Tell didn't me watch why. Riddick. No. For the reasons that I just went over. Oh, my God. No, I, I get it. I get it. I just, I'm so surprised. No, I, I couldn't do it. I'm not, I, like, I'm not, I, I hating. I'm just, I'm I surprised. Even, I even remember someone offered to go see it in the theater with me and then never followed up on his offer. Oh, uh, because you were so... Angry about going and seeing. Like, I don't, I'm not gonna like that. I'm Steve. I'm Batman. You know what, Launchpad? Go back to the topic that we were gonna talk about before we started talking about the CGI. Florida stories? No, we were gonna. You were gonna talk about something, and then you're like, after we do the CGI stuff. Oh, dude, I squirreled. I have no <laughs> idea what's going on. And damn it, I forgot what it was too. <laughs> I really yeah. wanted to talk about it. Damn it. Anyway, that'll happen. Steve, 
Did you bring your pipe? Of course. Steve, did you not also help me to uh, post well, I, most of these Florida oh, I, stories? I found some Florida stories. I also have to thank the community. The community, the Something Gate fan base has this, been doing a fantastic not, job. This has got to be one of our more popular segments. <laughs> but it's been great. Because like, not only am I getting stuff posted mine, you're getting stuff posted yours about Florida stories or Florida stories. However, people want to spell them. Like I'm going, like I'm looking at Facebook and stuff, and we are getting posts to our personal pages that we can then throw back up on on Something Gate, which then leads to us to have stuff to talk about, which is fantastic. So I got to thank everybody, Jonah, Kevin, other people have been putting stuff up. I mean, Jeremy, Jeremy, thank you guys so much for helping us out with our content. We really appreciate it. Um, oh, um, before we go into Florida stories, do yes. you want to touch on uh, um, that just happened in your go-to fighting game characters? Oh shit! I, do, I don't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear that one yet. So kind of br- get, bust some knowledge on me. Talk. Because it sounds yeah. like a topic I want to talk about. Oh so, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it basically uh, went through the. Um, you know how you've always got the even even across very different. I know games. exactly who I'm going to play with in any fighting game right e- now. Exactly, I, th- and, I know my guys. Okay, so um, the uh, Mortal Kombat one. Mortal Kombat one. I am going with Johnny Cage, Scorpion. Okay, uh, definitely, uh, definitely my favorite in that regard. Why? Uh, why Johnny Cage? Because I originally liked playing Sub Zero, and then everybody got good with Sub Zero, and then I got better with Johnny Cage. Okay, I got you. So Sub Zero is my first love. So he comes up later on in the Mortal Kombat series for me mm-hmm. because I think he excelled better later. However, Johnny Cage, if you could, if you could arc his his <laughs> bolts. They were awesome. Okay, um, yeah, I liked <clears throat> I liked Scorpion because of the stick and move strategy of his teleport. He was very hard uppercut. to deal with. There yeah. was something about the teleport uppercut that was just insane. Yes, you could just oh, it's horrible. Loved loved spamming that, and of course, you always had the the spear to do that. Um, Super Street Fighter Two Turbo when they first brought in uh, the four new characters: Cammy and DJ and Phylong and T Hawk. Ryu. Ryu, okay. Um, I gotta say, Street Fighter more than any other game was where I didn't have a direct go-to because I dove into that and I learned all the styles. Okay. Like, I'm definitely proficient with Ryu and Ken. Um, I was in a huge guile phase for a while where I love doing, you know, the air throws and things like that, but... Towards the end, um, I started focusing on uh, Vega and Cammy because I love Rushdown. Cammy, Cammy, I could, I could, I could fight with Cammy. I'm the guy that I was. I was actually watching um, my buddy Nick's Attack on Titan DVD. It's a Blu-ray DVD series, and I think on the last Blu-ray, which is like episodes 20 through 32 or something, 20 whatever through 32. Mm-hmm they show the preview for the new Street Fighter movie, which is the genesis of Ryu, Ken, Akuma. Oh, I think I've seen this. Yeah, I wanted to, I, I want to watch it so bad because <laughs> if I'm playing a Street Fighter game and I'm going to, and, I, and if I go, I'm going to whip your ass. Not like, oh, hey, we're playing Street Fighter, let's have some fun. If I go, I'm going to beat your ass, I'm taking Ryu, Ken, or Akuma. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Ken was my go-to uh, in in four because I loved that when you could get into the um, the special combo power attacks. Like his flaming hurricane kick was like my my thing. I loved being able to pull that out in the middle yeah, of the combo. Yeah, that was uh, great. 
I loved playing Ken much differently than you play Ryu. It's not about throwing fireballs mm-hmm. and trying to land a dragon punch across the screen. It's get in, rush them down, and if they leave an opening, you just go off on a combo. Absolutely. I agree. Um, Marvel versus Capcom. <laughs> Which one? Uh, let's let's go with let's let's start with two and then we'll go to three. Can we start with one? Sure. One. You mean the one that's in your garage? Yeah, the one that's a stand up in my garage. <laughs> the cabinet where I that I won a tournament playing. Yes. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm sorry. I didn't win. I took third in a tournament playing Marvel vs. Capcom. One. My team that I that I took that that place in the tournament with was I took Gambit and Morgan. I uh, I am a fan of the Gambit as well, but I would always back him up with War Machine. Um, I will back when I was good at it. I, I completely suck at it now. But. I will never play a War Machine Iron Man character. Really? My I like so so the 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 Gambit Morgan combo was the one that I won with. My best combo is Gambit and Captain America. Okay, Cap and me jive, dude. Like nice. Uh, I I went into the finals. Like I started off with Cap and. Cap and Gambit, and I won a thing, but I won it real tight. And not a lot of people played Morgan, and Morgan was my was like my trump card. She's she's tough to because deal with. In I any, in any game she's tough. Yeah, it's it's all about jumping and like the double tap forward. Like it, yeah, it's 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 all about dash. getting behind your car- behind yeah. the other player. And all I could all I would do is I would sit there and like work on getting behind the behind the other player, and get them worried about it then i'd switch to gambit and then just destroy him because they're so worried about what i'm going to do behind them mm-hmm. that i could just annihilate yeah nice i actually won that i actually won the third place on that tournament by knocking somebody down with a sweep kick with gambit and then doing the uh, morgan gambit combo super attack always terrible <laughs> yep uh marvelous capcom 2 i was damn I, I kind of stuck I stuck with that was a, that was the three players right the original first uh, three that's players that's correct yeah. yeah played Gambit Cap and Ryu or yeah. Ga- actually I'm sorry I played Gambit Cap and Guile uh, maybe well maybe two was only the two characters because mm-hmm. I remember I thought it was the two characters in the sub oh you're right I'm sorry yeah because it's, it's not three, until three was three we yeah. had the three so. I, uh, two, I kind of stuck. I stuck the same. I, I beat. I beat everybody else down. I never really played like, because like in two they had like a lot of Silver Samurai and Cable playing and yeah. stuff like that. I really didn't get into it. I played more my Marvel vs. Capcom one characters because I was proficient okay. with them. I was. Uh... I was always uh, Spider-Man and Gambit, uh, if I could be in two, or that's Spider-Man a, and Ryu. That's a that's a good combo. That like Spider-Man's a great combo to have in that. I would generally either take Cap and somebody or Gambit and somebody. What you. about three? Uh, three, well, we've uh, we've probably got the most experience fighting each other in three. You know my team is Zero, Amy, and the Sentinel. Oh, yeah. Yep. Which, because, um, you know, not so much Sentinel, but uh, but Zero and uh, Amy Amaterasu rush down kings. I love being up in your face, and I love building my power meter. Yep. Three, so that's the first three ball. That's what I was saying. Like, that was my, that was Gambit, Guile, and either Cap, Ryu, or another person from Street Fighter. I was like, I always took Gambit. Always took a Street Fighter character, generally. Generally always took a Street Fighter character. 
and then would fill in with somebody depending on the person I'm playing. I'm trying to think. Is Gambit in three? Yeah, he's in all of them. Oh, I I would have figured I'd have played him at some point. I don't think I no, ever did. Gambit, Gambit's been a, he he just wasn't he wasn't a uh, he wasn't a favorite. Like a lot of people I played that used to play Gambit didn't play him. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I. Uh, I, I'd like to think in three I'm proficient with everybody, but I, I shine with zero. I was maybe. also very, like, in three I was also very good with Jill. Jill Valentine. Yeah. I, was, I was very good Man. with Jill. Yeah, some of the... Some of I the, couldn't combo with her, but I could keep people away all day long. I think, uh, I think three has some of the best Capcom characters ever. Absolutely, man. Four, I mean, you and I have played four a bunch. It's it's like you've played me. It's a bunch of the same. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. How about uh, going back uh, Mortal Kombat 2? Uh, Mortal Kombat 2, I played Sub-Zero. Okay. I was always into uh, Katana. I actually, I, I'm sorry. Sub-Zero was my go-to. I played a lot of games with Katana. I got very good with Katana. I also got very good with Barrett or with Barack. Gotcha. Or Barrett. Yeah, I loved Katana's corner trap. Oh yeah, and with the with the fan lift and then the jump kick fan throws. Speak, speaking oh. of corner trap, I actually I actually got somebody one time in the arcade with the Gambit Infinite combo. Oh wow, yeah, in Marvel vs. Capcom one, I got him with the Gambit Infinite combo. I, pu- I pulled off the Street Fighter Two Guile Redizzy once, really once, with my with my slow mo controller, oh no less, because it was just brutal the timing. <laughs> We're nerds. I'm it's sorry. okay. Okay, it's just for us, okay. isn't for you. Hashtag for not, us. Sorry. Um, after Mortal Kombat two, I don't think I think three was the last one I ever played in the arcade before uh, arcades started to go by the wayside. I, car- I played Mortal Kombat X. Okay. Mortal Kombat X is awesome. Is it cool with with Jason Voorhees? No, I'm um, sorry. Is that the new one? I'm sorry. I play I played the other one that like came out about like three or four or five years ago. I don't know. Oh God. I'm sorry. Uh, Nick actually bought Mortal Kombat X with Jason Voorhees. He said it's awesome. But like, I played the one that was on the, the first one that was on the next gen consoles. I played that. Okay. It was very good. I gotcha. Mortal Kombat's done a really good job. Did you ever play Injustice? No. Me either. I didn't. I didn't care. You know why it's DC and DC sucks. <laughs> Except for Arrow. Except for Arrow. That's true. That's true. Good job, Arrow. Good job, Arrow. And uh, thank you very much for um that just happened for Ronnie and Adam for okay. this uh, topic. It's pretty awesome. Yes. We like topics. We do. Especially when we forget what we were going to talk about. Oh, we're talking about Flurd. I, I know. Flurd. Florida. So, Steve, it's a... The state's so awful, even gators will come to the snow belt. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. So, Steve, I believe you posted this one. So, I don't, I don't know if you necessarily, your pipe in, necessarily need your pipe in hand, but I think you should have it. <laughs> you have your pipe in your hand? Yes, I do. So, Steve, what did the Florida couple get busted on the beach for? Uh, that would be uh, fornicating. Fornicating on the beach? Why would they do that? Uh, apparently because they could. Because <laughs> Florida. Because Florida. And wasn't the guy like 40 and the girl was like 20? Uh, yes, actually exactly that. So this is from uh, LJReview.com. It was also originally from, I've seen this on a bunch of sites on the news. It was actually on an ABC, is the, is the Peacock an NBC? Yeah, NBC affiliate. So here's the story from WFLA. 
A couple in Florida attracted quite a bit of attention last summer when a video of them having the often cliched sex on the beach made its way to YouTube for all to see. A description of the explicit video was provided by WFLA. The couple didn't hold back. Bold and brazen. Oh, yeah. Their bodies. They were grinding in full view. Brandon Beach. With, with no shame. No shame. Brandon Beach police were called. And the couple's eventually arrested and torn apart from each other. Eventually. The last part. Meaning the cops watched. The last part completely embellished by something gay. The indecent encounter was captured by a sunbathing great-grandmother on her iPhone. There are claims even a three-year-old saw the couple. On Monday, the couple appeared before a judge. Time, as in the magazine reports. And now Florida happens. Jose Caballero, 40, and Elisa Alvarez, 20, were convicted on two counts each of lewd and lascivious behavior for having sex on Brandon Beach in 2014. The jury took only 15 minutes to reach a verdict. As part of their sentence, the pair faces up to how many years in prison, Steve? 25. Incorrect, sir. 15 years each. Oh, I thought it said 25. They thought it was going to be 25. It's 15 years each. That's still... I don't know about that, man. That's going back to ethics gate where it's like... So we're going to come back to this. Hold on. Let's get to the story and then we can talk about it. (laughs) Attorney for the couple, Ronald Kerpiers, told Time, it's a horrifically harsh potential penalty for what they're alleged to have done. And that's really the rub here, he said. If I'm screwing... And they put video of him up. Arresting officer is in an after-hours disco. People can have garbage can, blah, blah, blah. And resident Ray Schmitz agrees... It's ridiculous. It shouldn't happen. There's time and place for everything, not for on the beach. That makes no sense, but that's that's not me talking. That's exactly what it says. (laughs) Because Florida. I'm proud of our law enforcement for stopping this. Again, they didn't stop stop anything. (laughs) They arrested them after they got done. They were bravo to the bravo to the cops for not stopping them. Watching. While a date for sentencing is yet to be determined, the couple must also become registered sex offenders. Now, see, I just oh, I so don't get the sentencing. Does the punishment fit the crime, Stephen Michael Barda? I I gotta say no. So that as that leads me to ask you this: Is it a crime? Um. Yeah. I mean, uh, indecent exposure for one, and you know, lewd and lascivious behavior for two. Like I like I get it. You don't have sex on the beach, but fifteen years like each. Yeah, fifteen years. That's that's ridiculous. And to be a registered sex offender. So let me, let me kind of bust a little bit of what I think is a little information on this. I believe that a part of this is the media sensationalizing the story. Okay. Okay. The fact that they may be given up to fifteen years each is completely true because it's probably a class A felony okay in florida given that fact and the fact that they have to register sex offenders is they're they're considering this act a felony okay so yes you may be given up to 15 years per person but you also may be given as little as probation for each person 
I could just see this guy in prison. What are you in for? Having sex on the beach? <laughs> you got a purty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I understand, like, the media sensationalizing this. And probably, his, I, I guarantee you, his... I guarantee you that that man made the first base out of the Gordon Bacon Beckham right there as a baseball face, Steve. Yeah, that was an excellent uh, miscue on the part of the Brewers. Stoney, you know what's nice about a four-run lead? It takes five to beat you. You know what's even better about a four-run lead if you can put some more on top of that? It's, it's, T-W-T-W? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so this story is some horse shit. I mean, like, it's, yeah, should you should you have sex on the beach in front of people that can see it? I mean, where they were arrested, it was daylight. Come on. I mean, I mean how dumb can you be? But, like, that's Florida. that's one of the things where it's like I would be – if I were the judge, I'd be like 350 hours of community service or something like that. Each I, times two. Sure. So I just – oh, my God. I couldn't believe it when I read that. <laughs> so, Steve, <laughs> since you got your pipe and hat still on. I do. Love my pipe and hat. If you're a man trying to cash a check – to take some money out of the bank account. How much money would you try and take out of the bank? Uh, I mean, considering you're a Florida man. Oh, um, as as much as I need for whatever I need the money for. You might as well have written that on this check. Jeff Waters walked into the Bank of America Monday, last Monday, <laughs> and wrote a check for cash or deposit for $368 billion. Oh. Well, I mean, that's a nice nest egg. The check Waters had written to cash was reportedly from U.S. Bank of Idaho and issued in the 90s. Did he uh, Did he have his pinky up to his mouth when he tried to do it? Did you see? Did you read this article at all? No, I did not. You got to see. Dude, look at this guy. Guys, you can see this on Something Gate. This is the best mugshot I've seen since the guy that, like, we're going to talk about in a little bit. Oh, hi. I'm not drunk. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Come on, right? Oh, my God, this guy. Look, all the zeros don't even fit in the thing. I know. He wrote them down the fucking side. He wrote Jeff Waters and scribbled out the Fs. Flirta. This guy's amazing. Oh, man. Waters explained to the bank officials a homeless man named Tito Watts sold him the blank check several months ago for $100. And told Waters that the check would clear for so, any amount of money that Waters wanted to write it for. Oh, so he was given a blank check by a homeless man. And some magic beans. Oh, it reminds me of a Disney movie. So <laughs> so do you want to hear the heart-wrenching part of it? Uh-oh. Waters wanted the $368 billion to start an Italian restaurant. Aww. It's always been my dream to own American the best dream. It's always been my dream to own the best Italian restaurant on the earth. Water Go to Hell's Police. Kitchen and do it the right way. I'm 10% Italian. <laughs> Cooking authentic <laughs> Italian food is in my blood. <laughs> I had planned to make the restaurant oh, 80 million square feet and able to accommodate. Wait, 80 million square feet? I had planned to make the restaurant the 80 million square take over feet. Florida? <laughs> And able to accommodate 30 million eaters at once. Um, No. Plus, it was going to be totally underwater so people could look at sharks while they ate. But the bank wouldn't give me my money they owed me. Tito said the check. Go. 
All right, so Launchpad, you have your detective badge with you? I think I do, Super Steve! All right. Hooray, gonna, Super Sweet! Going to be my deputy for the That's day. That's right, yeah, come on. All right. So, Jared. You go ahead, Steve. You're in Florida. I'm in Florida. You have an imaginary best friend who slighted you. Okay. What do you do? I would definitely have a discussion in a public forum shaming that best friend. Even if he left his empty vodka bottles all over the kitchen, never picked up his cocaine baggies, and messed up your apartment to the point where you just couldn't get it clean anymore? We would have to have a private discussion then, I think. If I mean, wait, hold on. Wait, wait is that I'm, I'm in Florida? Yes. I totally fist fought that guy. Um... Are you sure that's where it stopped? <laughs> oh, no, really? Oh, no, it went further. Oh, allow, why didn't I get to read this one? Allow me to read you the headline, Oh, come on, sir. this is the best one. Why didn't I get to read this one? <laughs> because, go, go ahead, man, go. That's why you're the sidekick. Oh, you suck. And the headline from Mandatory.com, Man Kills Imaginary Friend, Turns Self In, Takes world's saddest shots. <laughs> oh my god, that fucking mugshot's priceless. Holy shit. Okay, so if you need further proof that drugs are oh bad. Oh my god, kids, end don't up, do drugs, especially in Florida. End up killing your imaginary friend and then demand the death penalty for yourself. He what? He went into the police station, confessed to killing his. Read the story. Where's the story from? Uh, story is from Florida. Well, I know, but like, is there is there a source? Mandatory. Okay. Mandatory e-newsletter. All right, cool. So Jeff Gaylord walked into a Jacksonville sheriff's office and confessed to his crime. He had repeatedly stabbed his friend, Mr. Happy, with a kitchen knife, <laughs> cut up Mr. Oh, Happy with motherfucker. a hatchet, and buried what? him in his backyard. Oh, my God, this guy. Gaylord and Mr. Happy were friends for seven years. That's half as long as we've been friends, Jared. Almost. That's true. That's true. But according to Gaylord, but their he, bond is apparently only half as strong. For a few reasons, he left empty vodka bottles all over the kitchen. I hate when you do that. If, I know. If anything, they a... should be whiskey bottles. That's true. He never picked up his empty cocaine baggies. Mm. And he messed up the apartment to the point where it just couldn't be cleaned. Wow. Uh, before Happy stated started doing drugs and acting weird, he was my BFF. We'd go dancing. Did he really say BFF in yes, the article? Yes, he did. As a direct quote from Mr. Gaylord. And he called him Happy. Happy. Mr. Happy. Uh, we'd go dancing. Play on what? The, play on the children's park equipment. Oh, my God. Both huge fans of Doom Metal. Listen to it for hours with the lights off. Oh, my God. Please tell me they're going to put this guy away for more years than the people that got caught fucking on the beach. Well, Mr. Happy crashed Gaylord's car, and Gaylord got arrested instead. Gaylord had had enough. That's bad grammar in an article. With that drunk driving incident, I got unfairly blamed for, and just how messy he had become put me over the edge, and I murdered him. Gaylord was eventually Holy taken fuck. into custody when he threatened police for not giving him the death penalty. Police found drug paraphernalia and a machine gun in Gaylord's house and was booked on multiple charges. 
<laughs> so much for the BFF bracelets. These two exchange. Holy God. <laughs> Hashtag Florida. Holy cow, man. <laughs> Jesus Criminy. Oh, I couldn't believe And this guy's mugshot is. He oh, God. Yeah, I, I'm, like I'm looking at that crying. now. Oh, my yeah. gosh. He is the saddest. Like, his eyes are so red. <sighs> Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. That's a, that, Jacksonville's a team that had number three draft pick this year. Yeah. That's where you get to go hang out. Oh, my God. Oh, oh he called him Hap. Hap started doing drugs and acting weird. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Uh, it's so horrible. All right. So I, I <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. And oh everybody that's been contributing to the Something Gate Florida stories, please keep contributing because I love seeing these. These are fantastic. Also, I'm running out of sidekick nicknames for Jared, so if anybody has any more, I need them. Please don't. <laughs> so I think before we got into the whole run-on conversation about, like, movies and Florida and everything, we were going to talk about a movie, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, we definitely squirreled for a second, so let's let's bring it on back. I'm on back now, you hell. And uh, we're going to – you uh, you have recently seen the film uh, Starry Eyes. I have. I watched it two nights ago. Um, Starry Eyes is a Dark Skies film. That is correct. Who are now three for three on my list of horror films. So they have Stakeland. Stakeland. What's they, the werewolf movie? Uh, the uh, <laughs> well, he's not a werewolf. He's a no. He's a he's, he's a, a werewolf. He's a hashtag werewolf. <laughs> yeah, too much uh, war machine there, buddy. No, it's uh, too much uh, flirt. Uh, apparently, um, it is called uh, Late Phases. Okay, Late Phases. Is that on Netflix as well or uh, no? I have not seen it, but I own it. If anybody wants to borrow it, I want to borrow it. Okay. And then there is Starry Eyes. Starry Eyes is the latest one they've done that's been available for that's that's correct this all this all started a couple episodes ago when jared quizzed me about netflix movies that i have uh netflix horror movies right and one of the ones i hadn't seen was Stakeland. right uh coincidentally the last time i was at best buy i saw a movie that looked like a werewolf movie and it turned out to be and it stars the guy who was in Stakeland. so before having seen that I thought, oh, Jared thought this movie was good, and it's got this same actor in it, and it's six bucks, and I'll pick it up. Right. Well, hold on. Jared didn't think the movie was good. Jared hadn't seen the movie yet. You and I watched Stay Clan the first time together. Uh, after I had already seen Late Phases. Right. But but it wasn't that I, that I thought the movie was good. is that I brought it up during oh, the conversation. Okay. I thought, I thought you had seen it for some reason. I had time. never seen Stay Clan until oh, you and I watched it. Okay. So I bought the movie based on this article from um, horror films on Netflix. And I thought, oh, okay. It's got this guy in it. It's supposed to be good. He's supposed to be a good actor. It was described by Bloody Disgusting, which is a website uh, about horror films and other things in the genre, as a, quote, masterpiece of the werewolf genre. Uh, so I picked it up. I figured how bad could it be. Right. Um, I really Usually enjoyed... pretty bad if they say that. Yeah. Um, you're usually, you're usually in for something pretty horrible. Yeah. I, I wasn't expecting much. So what I got was excellent. Um, the special effects for the werewolf costumes aside, spectacular film, actually great. That's one of the guys blind, right? Yes. That, this is okay. Correct. Um, 
So a blind um, aging gentleman moves into a retirement community that just happens to butt up against some eerie woods, and every 30 days, somebody dies. So you can kind of <laughs> guess. Surprise! <laughs> you, can, you can guess where the plot goes from there. I, I promise you it's it's better than what it sounds, and the acting performances uh, are, are spot on and excellent. So having seen this, uh, there was a trailer beforehand for a movie called Starry Eyes which having so many friends in, in theater and uh, it immediately caught my interest because it's about a young actress trying to get a part. Yeah, trying to make it. And how far would you go to get said part? So automatically you're thinking, oh, is she going to you know, make some questionable decisions about her sexuality and try and get this part? A um, lot, lot darker than that. Yeah, and when and when you showed me the uh, preview, I actually felt it was like the first thing that I thought walking into this movie, especially from seeing. I don't know if you saw the uh, the cover image for for Netflix, yeah, with the pentagrams with over the pentagrams over eyes. eyes. I was expecting a hostile type movie, like, and the way that she started off the movie, no spoilers, but the way the way that she acts mm-hmm. in the beginning of the movie. There's some I expected, yeah, I expected like a self-mutilation type pushing that, that kind of thing and was very, very pleasantly surprised yet uneased at the movie. I like, I thought it was a fantastic movie. Yeah. It caught my attention for an hour and a half. It almost lost it in the first 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. Then I realized another 40 minutes into it, I was like in. Yeah, there's. I don't know where this film company came from. I don't know who's involved, but we also watched uh, Stakeland shortly after oh I watched the late phases. Yeah, because because that's what we just talked great. about. Yeah, Stakeland was the shit of yeah. of both those movies. I'd rather watch Stakeland right now. Sure, don't get me wrong. Starry Eyes. I thought it was a great movie, and you should probably watch it. You got an hour and a half to kill. And you like and you're indie, not, like, and horror film type you're, thing? You're not easily upset. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's very visceral. disturbing. It yeah. is visceral. It, uh, public public warning. It's not just like, oh, gory. It's not one of those. It's disturbing. Like, it'll get it's not eight millimeter distur- It's not 8 millimeter disturbing, but it's close. Yeah, I mean, it, it hits you on this level where you really got to question how far you'd go to make it. Right. Granted, not this far, but I don't want to spoil anything. Right. I when I saw the movie, I expected eight millimeter too. Like that's what I was, I was kind of mean. I was expecting to see like hostile and eight millimeter out of this movie, and that's not what I got at all. No, it's. I mean, I was pleasantly surprised to not see eight millimeter again because eight millimeter was one of the most unnerving movies I've yeah, ever seen. I, I've never felt okay watching eight millimeter. I've, I've never had the urge to see it twice. No, exactly because yeah one of probably top three Nicolas Cage films yeah did you ever, did you ever see Drive Angry yes it's ah, awesome <laughs> anyway so um, so Starry Eyes was awesome but Stakeland I will plant my flag on Stakeland yeah, Stakeland is on any, amazing indie film like. Any any fans of The Walking Dead, any fans of Zombieland, any fans yeah, exactly. of you know The Road or any Book of Eli, even yeah, like any, I mean it's like it's got that if you like post apocalyptic yeah if you something's like trying stories, to kill humanity it, it yeah. doesn't have to be zombie it could be a zombie it could be 
vampires. It could be a plague. It could be freaking gigantic big birds trying to murder everybody. It doesn't matter. The movie has its point not based in the in the antagonist. It's based in the protagonist on this movie, and it works mm-hmm. on every level. And watch Stakeland. And, Take the time, and a, and especially uh, a great showcase of how a protagonist can hold the screen up without a lot of dialogue. Right. Because what's dude says like what six sentences the whole film the hundred. Uh, pretty close. Yeah. Even I mean, even if you triple that up, it's eighteen. Yeah. Like right. The, the epitome of the of the right. strong silent. We caught by. Claire. 45 minutes into that movie and she said, I don't watch the rest of it. Yeah. I mean, she like Claire is very squirrely when she's not into a movie. She was like, what, what is this? What's going on? Okay. Kind of told her real quickly. Like, she, she never asks for a bunch of information. <laughs> Pause plot summary. Go. Okay. And she sat down and watched the rest of it and was like, holy shit, this is good. It's a great yeah. movie. So, so Dark Skies has been pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, I don't know who these guys are, but I want to see, I want to watch that werewolf movie so bad oh, right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring it next time I'm over. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know what's mine is yours. So. Exactly. So I don't think it's about time to uh, bring it up to uh, remarks for the good of the show, Steve, or uh, what should we talk about? You know what we're going to be recording this weekend? Hopefully. We are going to get in touch with um That Just Happened and go over our mega podcast assembled Avengers edition. That's amazing. It's also going to be featuring the Vag dialogue. She's asked again tune with it and i have also asked nick from you're gonna need to get involved i think luke even said he was down for i think we may we have, have the entire network we may have the you're gonna get diseased <laughs> avengers assemble <laughs> yes we might oh my god that would be amazing uh that so that's awesome. the that's the plan guys is that coming out pretty soon very soon in the next few days, there's going to be some sort of some information for you. <laughs> Aside from Nick and Luke shitting all over the Avengers yeah. too. Trust me, you guys are wrong. When, when we start to when we start to talk about it, uh, you, you'll see thousands of Facebook posts from yeah, absolutely. Us. So, Steve, do you have any uh, remarks for the good of the organization for the show? Um, <laughs> remarks for the good of the organization. Uh, Jared, I want to thank you uh, for your excellent tenure as advisor of Sigma Delta. Uh, excellent job, and uh, we thank you for your time. And I would like to uh, thank you for taking over the mantle of advisor of Sigma Delta. <laughs> I would like to thank Mr. Nicholas Prohl for the delicious Noval 10-year-old Tawny Port that we were drinking this fine evening that is close to gone. It has been amazing. We uh, This show was semi-conceived under the influence of this bottle. And episode 12, which symbolizes 12 cycles, which is also a year in the calendar, has concluded this evening drinking this fine, fine... I, I honestly... Thank you, Nick Prohl, for everything. I mean, honestly, you're like the godfather to me. Like, you're... From my time in Sigma Delta, from graduating, from just life in general, you've always been uh, an excellent point of reference. You have never steered me wrong, and you've always I think had that a is, smile for me whenever I've really needed Nick it. was yeah. always there for you. Nick has always been there for everybody to lend you the goofy, <laughs> like goofy, like ready to throw you a laugh. When you needed it. And like you said, he has been the perfect. He's not necessarily been like people's opinions of what they need as a role model change all the time. That's what you need. But Nick Prohl 
is a point of reference that is great for every person that I consider themselves from our generation, our group of people to base decisions against. Yeah, and and you know, maybe it might be it might be time for a funny Sigma Delta story. There Sigma was, Delta story of the week. Oh yes. Which uh, we're not gonna have every week, but here's yeah, one of this yeah, week. No. But uh, I remember a particular instance where Jared was upset at another member like, oh yeah! Uh, about an about an infamous an infamous voicemail that was left. Uh, <laughs> let's chalk it up to uh, an angry miscommunication, and um, Jared didn't really know what to do. I didn't know what to do or what to say to Jared to calm him down. I was so, a cranky motherfucker. At so the time. we went to uh, Mr. Prol to uh, get some advice, and in classic Nick Prol fashion, because Jared was angry. And I've seen a lot of phases of Jared. Angry Jared is not one that I've seen more than three times. So for Angry Jared to say, I need somebody to talk to, to, you know, let's go do this and let's, let's, you know, figure out a plan of attack. So we went to Nick Prohl and Nick listened to the story and he laughed it off and said, okay, regulators mount up and grab his jacket. Like we were going to go beat somebody's ass and then laughed it off. And he asked, uh, do you still have the voicemail? And Jared's like, yeah, and played it for him. And Nick's like, that's great. Give it to me on MP3. (laughs) So, you know, something that got Jared so angrier than I've ever seen him in the heat of the moment, wanted to make, take some action. And Nick pro listened and turned it around and got us both to blow it off, and it's one of the funniest things that uh, remains in Sigma Delta to this day. I I agree with that, and I agree with the uh, assessment of how many times I've actually been an angry person. And one thing that, like you said earlier in remarks for the good of the show, is that uh, one thing you're going to have to deal with is those things that people think are completely worth being angry about that really don't matter it's kids being kids even though nick's only a couple years older than me at the time the place you are when you're in college versus being out of college you're just kids being kids and you know what you gotta let kids be kids so why don't you take us out of here steve uh so nick this one's for you here's for you buddy here's to you and here's to me best Best of friends will ever be be. and And if if we we ever disagree disagree, fuck you here's here's to me good night everybody Steve Michael Barta, this is Jared Sampson. This has been Something Gate. Good night, y'all.